0: Heterodorks! Heterodox dorks.
1: Well, hello turfs and trannies. You are listening to heterodorks. My name is Corinna Cohn.
0: My name is Nina Paley. Thank you for tuning in. Today we have a guest we have been so excited to talk to. It is Mars.
2: Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me on.
0: It's funny. I just know you as Mars. You have a last name too, don't I you? I do.
2: It's funny. Some of my haters know my full name, but you don't. Um, yeah, it's Mars Fernandez. For a long time, I just wanted to say Mars F. But uh, when I joined Gender Dysphoria Alliance, it was like, uh, is it cool if I put your full name? I was like, yeah. And now I'm like, kind of regret it, but whatever. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, get, I get the Mars F thing, but lately it seems like there's mm-hmm. been a more of the F Mars thing.
2: yeah yeah I have noticed that too it's kind of weird but hey it is what I mean it was gonna happen eventually I just thought it would come uh uh, in a different way first but you know what I it is what it is
0: so Mars tell me about your haters
2: so my haters are essentially probably a lot of people and I don't know what their political beliefs are exactly I just know that a whole lot of them are from the T.R.A. side, that being the radical trans activists don't like what I say because what I say is apparently transphobic. Um, and my haters from the other side tend to be at times women who just see me as a traitor to being a woman because I transitioned. Um, so, yeah, uh, but the way I really honestly just see it all is that people just... You know, people have these sort of like purity tests and I just don't fit anybody's box and I don't really care to. Uh, So it's just kind of frustrating because the way I see all of this, when everybody focuses on just kind of dogpiling somebody and being hateful, it's a, it's a really huge distraction to what we're actually all trying to do here. Like I said, it it is what it is. I'd rather it come to me than to some of my friends because I, because I, uh, you know, I'll I'll deal with it in a different sort of way than when some of my friends, but yeah, it is kind of it is kind of just frustrating because I I I don't know, it's just so nasty, honestly. I, I, there's no other way to put it. Like the the things that people say are just really gross, and I don't think that anybody can find receipts of me being that gross. But you know, feel free.
0: Yeah, well, since I'm on Team Turf, I have to say that uh, I I figured stuff like this was going to happen. Mm-hmm as the, the turban grew and it's not fun to see. I mean, I yeah. used to be on team trans, I guess, before trans activism turned into modern trans activism. And yeah. I was like, uh, can't do this, but yeah, it's, it's not at all mm-hmm. nice to see this coming from my side, so to speak.
2: Yeah. And the whole sides thing I really never liked because Um, you know, even, even in school, right. I have to compare it to like middle school and high school. There were sides and cliques. Sure. Um, I liked hanging out with some of the people that listened to rock because I liked rock, but I also liked hanging out with the skaters. I wasn't really in a particular clique. Um, and as I've grown older, I also have come to realize I don't want to be on team blue or red. I, I just, you know, I agree with some people that happen to be on team blue and some people I haven't happened to be on Team Red. I'm comparing it to politics because it's what it kind of reminds me of as well. And so like this idea that um, I can't uh, you know, be a part of your club, which I never even claimed, I have never announced, I have never come out of the closet and said, I am gender critical. (laughs) I've never done that. I really don't care to be a part of your club, any club. Um, Because when I'm a part of your club, guess what? You hold me to this certain standard and I honestly don't want that pressure. I just don't care because I'm a human being. We all make mistakes. And when I step out of line, um, you know, I, I don't, I just don't need that. And it's so unhealthy too.
0: It's good
1: that that strategy has worked out and that you've avoided all that pressure, Mars.
2: (laughs) I've tried. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We're on team sarcasm here.
1: Team
2: sarcasm is so much better. Oh my God, please give me more of that.
0: Well, I was going to say that, uh, rockers and skaters are natural enemies and Mm -hmm. you were, you were playing a dangerous game in high school.
2: Right? Yeah. I've been told I'm a dangerous person. Anyways, anything I say might transition somebody within seconds. So who knows?
0: Um, so I have some questions. I saw a great video that you did recently that Corinna sent me and I have all these questions about you now. Um, so like your story, when did you transition? How old are you? All that stuff. Mm, your journey. The- what was your gender journey?
2: My gender journey? God, are you trying to make me throw up?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, I am.
2: Okay. Yeah, when I actually started to transition, I think I was 35. Um, Oh, was you
0: one of these other freakishly young looking people? You're kidding.
2: Well, keep in mind, I think uh, my skin looks younger now because I am not on testosterone.
0: But still. This Um, is like, this is a weird. This is like, Corinna looks much younger than hmm. his age and you look yeah i mean if you yeah all right well how yeah. old it's, so, it's, the, it's the pacifier
1: yeah. no, nobody can see it <laughs> on the podcast but the pacifier takes years <laughs> off my age yeah
0: okay so <laughs> wait you were you so old. you were 30 something i just heard the 30 and i was like what uh
2: yeah i think i was like actually i was 35 close to almost being 36 when i actually did start medically transitioning so I guess I'm what you call what I would be like what the female version of AGP is that what I'm?
0: No, <laughs> no, not at all. You're joking, just, joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. So what year <laughs> yeah. was this?
2: Uh, nine, not nineteen. What the heck did I say? Uh, two thousand eighteen. Yeah.
0: Oh, really? Recently.
2: Yeah, it's not too long ago.
0: Oh wow, that um, was yeah.
2: I okay. Had, I had thought about transitioning uh for a while, but I was on the fence about it because I've always had concerns about um what it could potentially do to my health. So that really put me off a lot. Uh, but then dysphoria kind of kept coming back. And so it was like this constant, like, should I do it? Should I not? And eventually I guess I gave into the glitter family or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so kidding. I, I don't believe in glitter glitter Relax. So you,
0: so you weren't seduced no. into it. You no, weren't... I was
2: never, uh, I, again, I just never really, like I, I did hang, hang out with like some LGBT people but I've never been like radicalized to the extent because I do think that there is a level of being kind of sucked into gender ideology in order to start transition or or whatever but um I was never like saying things that some of the TRAs say right like I've never said that you could change your sex uh that trans women are quite literally biological females I've never said that so I wouldn't say that I was that far but I did believe certain things you know that were embarrassing to to admit now, so yeah, for sure. Like what? You want an example? We'll trade some. <laughs> okay, so for example, st- one of the things that, that trans men tend to talk about a lot when you transition is your voice drops pretty quick, and then you get growth down there, right, in your clitoris, and one of the things that they talk about when they talk about this, they, they're saying like, oh, a little micro penis or something like that now I didn't quite literally believe that I was going to grow a penis I do cringe at the thought of kind of using some of that language back then and um, entertaining that it was even remotely close to resembling that Um, so that I would say now I'm just like geez these ideas kind of get thrown around a lot in the community with, with your friends and then you start like saying them to where like you actually think that it might be sort of similar but like it obviously isn't.
0: You said you were going to trade, Corinna.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was waiting. I was like, don't you put me on the spot there.
0: <laughs> I feel bad because
1: mine is uh, maybe a little bit more tame than that. But So give it, me something better. Come well, on. I'll have to make it up. <laughs> okay. um, it is very popular <laughs> mm-hmm. in the trans woman, the trans femme circles, mm-hmm. to imagine that once you start taking testosterone, oh, excuse me. <laughs> Estrogen. Hey, don't lie now. <laughs> uh, you know, you get a little a, a little b. Uh, once yeah. you start taking estrogen, that your skeletal structure will shrink.
2: I have seen that.
1: So it it was very popular to mm. to say, "Oh, my hands are smaller. Or, oh, my feet were smaller." And and at one point, by cramming my feet into shoes that were uh, one size smaller, and yeah. just clomping around on on squashed feet I was like oh yeah my feet are smaller now <laughs> so I, <Yeah. laughs> I spent about a year wearing shoes that were extremely uncomfortable um, because I had, I had convinced myself that it just worked that way
0: not that I ever transitioned but I was sort of in the cult and there was something that I believed for a long time that I learned in my San Francisco sex information training in the 90s they, what's that They taught us that uh, any skin that is constantly touching other skin will develop a mucous membrane. And so they were saying with uh, vaginoplasty uh, that all you need to do is do the surgery, cut and make a fold, cut and fold, and that fold will develop a mucous membrane. That sounds legit. And I believed it. I literally believed it until 2017 when I started getting called a transphobe and was told to educate myself and started reading about this. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I...
1: Gosh, I sorry, Mars, I'm going to go again no, really good. quick here. But no, 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 shoot. Um, I was really not told what to expect about lubrication after surgery and uh I did use it but it was always very confusing to me that I had to because I thought that there would be some small amount of natural lubrication cuz that's what I was told
2: I have seen that that is possible I don't know if it, I've never really known if it's true or not cuz I do see that some trans women say stuff like that
1: well, it would have to secrete from somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's there's nowhere for it to come from unless you have the the uh, sigmoid. Yeah. Uh, the colon vaginoplasty.
2: Why do you think they say stuff like this?
1: When you want something to be real so badly, sometimes you have to convince yourself that it is real. Why do you think?
2: Yeah, I guess that's kind of fair, right? I I, kinda brings me back to a long time ago when I really entertained, you know, phalloplasty, which I've completely changed my mind about. I remember um, trying to find any information about what would happen after and how it would sort of function and if there was any chance at all that it would be anything like, you know, an actual male penis. And I remember seeing a trans guy write some blog about his experience and how it, I don't remember if he actually called it semen, but I do remember that he was making it seem as though it kind of basically was the same. And I thought that doesn't really seem like it's actually possible. You know, uh, on the one hand when I, I, that was back when I was really thinking I would get fallow. So I thought, okay, this is kind of good, you know, but then I also, the, the more rational part of me thought, but, but think about it really, is that even possible? You know, and obviously it isn't. And I guess, you know, after you've you've gone through fallow, like you, you've gone the furthest point you could in transition. Yeah, why wouldn't you, I suppose, kind of make up certain things to believe that what you did essentially was like worth it, you know?
0: Well, I think that people want other people to do the same thing, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I mean, people that... People that have kids want other people to have kids. And you would think that, yeah. like, well, it doesn't matter whether other people have kids, right? Like, You had a kid yeah. and you really are happy about that. So why are you telling everybody else to have kids? Yeah, that makes sense. And it's just like, maybe you're not totally happy with it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're trying to sell you the same thing that they got sold on. That maybe
1: they're not happy you with. You two should try estrogen. It's really good. <laughs> you know what? I might look into that. <laughs>
0: Well, apparently I'm the only one that needs it. Everybody else looks like they're in their 20s.
2: You know, don't stay up late and don't do crack. That's my secret to life.
0: Hey, I I don't stay up late or do crack, but I'm 53, so.
2: I don't know. I don't know if I believe that then. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Shouldn't have gone there. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm going to get canceled again. I should have done
0: all the crack. (laughs) It didn't do me Uh, any good. I'm old anyway. mm
1: Mm-hmm one of the things that i've been seeing lately in in some of the currently more marginal parts of the the gc community but it uh, looks like it's starting to become more mainstream is this idea that if you are a trans person and you are visibly in the public eye that if you're making youtube videos or if you're Uh, seen in public without a bag on your head, or if somebody lets you out of the basement and uh, unzips your gimp suit, if any of these things happen and anybody happens to accidentally glance at you, that especially if they're a child, that this is something that is likely to create uh, this mimetic mental virus that will cause other people to think about transitioning. Yeah. And and they, they seem to have this holy mission now of trying to squash anybody who has done any level of transition so that they are they are quarantined so that nobody else gets drawn into transition. Mm-hmm.
0: Why do you think they're doing that, Corinna?
1: Well, I, I wanna ask Mars. First of all, do you, do you think I'm right and and second of all, yeah.
2: I wanna ask Corinna. So, how's that? Two against one. (laughs) Oh, okay, I'll answer if you, you know, I'll be a polite guest. Um, Why do I think, I mean, I like the way you kind of put it. You said, like, holy mission. Honestly, that's what it feels like. So, yeah, you know, it's, as somebody who's been constantly referred to as a pick me, you know, one of the good Mm -hmm. ones, um, I think what's happening now uh, probably gets under my skin even more um, because, some of these people who made fun of me and they were like saying things for the past, whatever amount of years, Oh, they don't care about you. They hate you. You're just trying to be one of the good ones, et cetera. It's like, dude, I'm just trying to do my thing. If I happen to agree with somebody that I don't, you know, it is what it is, but I'm not trying to do it to, for people to like me. I, I'm just talking about this because to me, it matters on some level. That's why I'm putting myself out here. Um, And so, you know, the second this happened, Right? I knew I would get a couple of these a-holes coming around Twitter being like, I'm Glad this is happening. So I told you this would happen. I'm like, listen, I don't need you and your ego to come into my Twitter to be just proud of this moment. <laughs> I guess it's just frustrating because of that, right? Because really, essentially, what they're doing with all this like bowling, because that's what it is, is feeding into the TRAs. You know, the TRAs are loving this. And also, you're behaving like a TRA. I'm not saying that it's in the same way. Obviously, a lot of TRAs use threats of violence and rape threats and death threats. So yeah, that's totally different. Although, to be fair, at this point, I'm waiting to get a death threat because you've already kind of made fun of the fact that I'm too scared to kill myself, even though I I haven't thought of suicide
1: in the past probably 15 years, I think. And do you mind if I just contextualize that for a minute? Because probably yeah, not everyone knows what, sure. what that means. There there was one of your critics very recently made a video daring you to commit suicide, more or less.
0: And, then, and this was a supposedly gender-critical yes. critic, right? This was a woman.
1: Well, she's more of
2: a rad femme f- than gender-critical, honestly. So, I mean this kind of behavior, whether you're a rad femme GC, I don't care what label you want to use to me. If you're a decent human being and you agree with what she's saying to me, you're not a decent human being. And so, um,
0: I have to admit that in a lot of these controversies, I'm not watching these videos. Corinna is telling me about them, but I'm not watching them because I'm pretty sure I'm going to get real angry and have a really yeah, that's fair. bad day. So well, I, I I even I need more context mm, as to what so
2: these people So I are guess saying. I'll kind of like uh, explain it a little bit, right? So over the past month, there's been a, a particular person who's on YouTube and has been criticizing, mostly I would say, uh, men who either identify with the gender critical uh, crowd or they are gender critical themselves. And this one person went on for a while about that, right? Then for some reason, they started going after... Just anybody that platformed transsexuals, whether they were transsexuals that were using platforms or whether they were you know, being platformed by Sasha and Stella on their podcast or Benjamin Boyce, just don't platform transsexuals because it's bad, right? So then this person went after a gender dysphoria alliance, which is an alliance that I'm a part of, and that alliance is made up of transsexual people. And uh, and detransitioners as well, right? And then we have like an advisory board, and like I said in my video, we're we haven't. It's a new organization. We've never had an organization before. Like we're figuring it out. Yeah, we're gonna make mistakes. Sure, criticize those mistakes. But ultimately, the goal is like to talk about dysphoria and advocate for more research. And so like we're not we're not focusing on children, but for whatever reason, a lot of people want us to or are trying to convince their followers that. It is about children, right? Like that we are trying to get kids to come to us because we're gonna you know educate them on dysphoria. and that's not what we're doing at all.
1: Can you describe the constituency of the gender dysphoria alliance? who who, who is it supposed to be representing? It's supposed to be representing
2: people with the uh, sorry, people with dysphoria, right? So whether you are somebody who transit who has dysphoria and transitioned, and then detransition, or whether you're somebody who has dysphoria and never transitioned. So we we acknowledge that there are all kinds of people that have dysphoria, some of which don't transition. And that's fine, but guess what? As it stands right now, when you talk about dysphoria to a gender therapist, they're, they're not considering that you could live with dysphoria and not transition. To them, it's either a social transition or medical transition. So why on earth would you attack us for trying to say, hey, look, actually, there are plenty of other people who have dysphoria. And don't see the benefit to transition. But also could but but how could they treat their dysphoria? When in fact what we're saying right now is if you have dysphoria, go see a gender therapist, and any sort of other therapy is conversion therapy. So what so what are we supposed to do? Yeah, if anybody wants to attack us based on all that, that's fine, but I'm not gonna stand by and allow it, which is, you know, I did try to do that. I ignored it for a while, then it got really we got piled on, and finally I made a video addressing some of these issues. And then in that video, I also talked about how there are some extremes, uh, extreme individuals on the GC side, all of which are in agreement that just platforming any transsexual is bad. Don't do it. Don't call us your friend. Don't tell us that we're nice, kind. Um, So this is just kind of like uh, some to, to, to me, the way I see it is I'm being we're being intimidated and and into like getting off like. The internet or just like even talking about transition right i mean I, I got somebody saying like yeah we somebody on my twitter as well as a youtuber you know saying that you know we should be shamed ostracize us, you know go i don't care if you're trans but like don't talk about it go away go live like yeah that's not realistic i'm not going to go live in the middle of the woods in a cabin and never talk to anybody about my transition um but that's the goal right and so it's important to highlight this because a lot of people who happen to be gender critical have often either dismissed or not believe that trans transphobia is a thing. And if it is a thing, it definitely doesn't come from the GC side, but I'm sorry to say it comes from all sides.
1: The person who said the, the pretty nasty thing that I referred to earlier, I, I watched a little bit more of her video, and she had made a comment at some point that said that if you want to be trans, go be trans, but become stealth and don't let anybody know that you're trans because... Letting people know that you're trans is what makes other people trans.
2: Which is crazy to me because I've also heard so many times, if you are trans, don't lie about it, be honest about it. So which is it? Am I, should I tell you that I'm trans or do you want me to be in a secret, uh, living a secret life? Because I'm being told two different things, which is why ultimately, you know, to me, just do your thing and don't worry about what people are saying. But it is, the, the logic there isn't, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean?
0: So I really appreciate Scott Nugent speaking out and and the article. And by the way, I use sex-based pronouns, okay? So I like and respect Scott Nugent. Mm. I refer to Scott Nugent as she, even though she passes great, she looks great. So I was expressing admiration for Scott Nugent on Spinster and some people complained because she's not detransitioning and the fact of her not detransitioning makes her an advertisement of some sort for transitioning and i just thought she's just stopped where she is i mean to detransition like you can't you can't detransition from everything you know right
2: yeah
0: Uh, and if you're if you're medically traumatized you know it's it's not a minor thing to go through these processes. And, you know, she has spoken out about the, the physical.
2: I mean, and here's the thing. The other thing too, right. Is that. Yeah. Like they completely dismiss. Well, because they don't want to acknowledge that transition is even possible. Right. Even though you see a detransitioner talk about their transition, that's okay. Um, And they acknowledge that there was a transition there, but when somebody who is still identifying as trans, talks about transition, That's it's not real, right? It's only real when it's dark and it's over, Uh, but it's not real when it's currently happening. And they don't seem to realize that, you know, somebody transitioning for two years and detransitioning, yeah, that's more likely, that's that's more of a possibility than say, like, Corinna, I I don't know how long you've been transitioning, but I imagine if you were going to detransition, that would be, I, I don't even know what that would look like for you or if it would even be possible because you've gone through so many, Surgeries plus you've transitioned for so long and people don't want to realize that after a long, after a long period of time, your body and everything, not to mention your social life, like it's, you can't just open that door and go back through it without, um, you know, you you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the same trauma. It's like,
0: it's like whatever trauma you went through one way, you're going to do that over again. And I can totally imagine somebody having been through it once, not wanting to go through it again. I wouldn't want to. I mean, a a couple of years ago, there used to be this uh, idea that, you know, they would ask you the question like, oh, imagine if you woke up one day in the body of the opposite sex. If you're okay with that, that means you're trans. And I was like, well, that's impossible. But I could sort of imagine waking up one day and realizing that I had transed, right? I could, I mean, I do think people wake up one day and realize like... Whoops! I got a double mastectomy and I'm on testosterone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I could I could imagine doing that, and I'd like be like, well, what would I do if I sort of woke up one day with these, you know, extreme body modifications? What would I do? Would I immediately react to it and be like, give me that exogenous yeah. exogenous hormones now, and go get more surgeries and. Maybe I should even femme it up a little bit so that I can show people just how much I identify with this gender. It's like, no, I wouldn't do that. I would, I mean, maybe I would, who knows? I would, it's a weird Mm -hmm. scenario to imagine, but it seems like some people swing wildly. You know, it seems like there are some detransitioners who swing real hard, like they swung hard one way. I'm thinking of a few male detransitioners, actually. Mm -hmm. It's like I I like the idea of people stopping where they are and thinking about it for a long time, you know. And like yeah. Scott Nugent looks male, right? Like if I looked like Scott Nugent, what would I do? Right. I yeah. wouldn't have hair anymore, you know. Like <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> yeah. you can't you can't just change those things.
2: The thing about it, it's it's so easy to sit here and have all these opinions because it's not you, right? So you saying, well, you know, why don't you just detransition? It'd be easier. I be it, it wouldn't be easier you don't know that it would be easier maybe in some cases it could be easier but you don't know what people are going through actually and what that process is going to look like for everybody is different um and then kind of going back to this whole you know if you're if you're identify as trans and you're on social media you should get off of it is to me just so like we could recognize that there are people saying things out there that are very um very radical and they could be planning um an idea in a kid's head and i totally get that right But, you know, I'm thinking while you're talking about not just Scott. Scott was the first one that I talked to that opened my eyes to phalloplasty could go wrong. And, oh, my God, when it goes wrong, it is bad, right? This is not a joke. Um, But there are other uh, trans men on YouTube. I think of two of them that are still transitioning. So they're still living, you know, as trans men. But they've both talked openly about two things. One of them talked openly about how phalloplasty ruined his life. He's happy with this. Uh, you know, I don't want to say he's happy with this transition. I don't know, but he's still living that life, but he regrets his phalloplasty. And if I don't see that video or other people that have been sold on the idea that, you know, phalloplasty is is going to solve my bottom dysphoria, you know, the dysphoria down there or whatever, um, then how would I even con- reconsider uh, whether or not I should get phalloplasty? I, I these the surgeons that are operating on on um, females to get phalloplasty, they're not they're not giving us the full deal of what could happen or could go wrong. To the degree that I could get from a trans man in a video telling me why phalloplasty is not worth it, right? Another another uh, trans guy that I think of is um, this black dude who's he's British, you know, and he's not detransitioning or anything, but he made a video once talking about uh, like kind of like the reality of of transition. And you know, he in his video, I could tell that at some point in his transition, he's realized that it's not what he thought it was. You know, he says that he he's not trying to detransition, but he's telling people that transition it, it's it's not what they're telling you it is. And, and 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 I think that those videos do matter because if somebody has even even a hint of of being hesitant about transition and they watch that video, they might actually reconsider it, and and that that has more value than I'm sorry, a, a radical feminist telling me don't do it like way more value.
1: It's pretty easy to go onto YouTube and search for anybody who's transitioning from female to male and find a very glossy video about how wonderful it is, about how it makes you look boyish and gets, gets rid of the qualities of your body that you don't like and that people accept you and it, it, It makes you become your authentic self. Uh, There's not a deficit of that sort of material on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So what there is not a lot of are trans people who are discussing the reality of it. Not the glossy cover version of it, but the medical problems, the health problems that are associated with it, the sort of emotional work that you have to do. The fact that you get to a point where you realize that you can't completely change your sex, and then how how do you have to start to mentally process that? So if if there's 95% of the content out there is to encourage people towards transitioning, then it seems like there would be some value in content that is counter-programming to that but is still oriented towards the same audience. Absolutely.
2: Not to mention, uh, you know, I pointed this out, the, the gender identity courses you get through your jobs, right? Because like, they're teaching this stuff to uh, employees. They're teaching this stuff in school. Everything they're, they're putting out there, they're, the way that they're kind of like indoctrinating kids, uh, believe me, it, it's not what you're going to find on my channel. In fact, what they're teaching them in schools is that people like me, who create the content that I do? It we're transphobic, so I I just don't I think yeah the likelihood of um, a minor watching my content it it is possible absolutely I'm not gonna dismiss that but for the most part these kids these teenagers are told that people like me are hateful bigots so I I think that it's more likely that I might be countering what they're they're being brainwashed to believe than. Than convincing them to transition, um, but you know, of course, anybody could disagree with this point, and you could think that I'm, I'm a part of the problem, all you want. But uh, to me, the bigger, the bigger issue, and what we should be focusing on is um, the way that they're teaching kids about gender in schools. That should be where you're going if you actually truly care about safeguarding kids and you don't want them to consider that they have some innate gender identity, which I know is BS. You should be focusing on that. Because I'm telling you, like, the few of us that are transsexuals and trying to just talk about these issues are not – that. that's not it. That's just not the the, the point that's going to get you to save kids. But, again, you could disagree all you want. Where I draw the line is, is, as of recently, being told that I'm a sexual predator. That's not cool, especially when you know my full name. So I don't want to lose my job, and I'm not trying to get anybody to lose their job who is criticizing me. So why would you then – say things that are not true. You can't find proof of me being a sexual predator anywhere. All right. You can't find proof of me saying that transitioning saved my life because I've never said that. I've never said that I'm suicidal. So also why are you, why are you talking about me being a coward and not uh, being able to kill myself when in fact, that's not true. So if the uh, these people want to safeguard kids, but while they're doing that, they apparently want to take down transsexuals. So ultimately from uh, an outsider's point of view, This isn't going to move anything in the right direction because TRAs that see this are now going to be even, even more certain of like, they're, they're for sure going to be like, well, why would we ever even talk to these people? Look at, look at the way they even treat, look at how they treat transsexuals that agree with them on a few points. Why would we want to interact with these people? They're crazy. They actually do want, you know, us to die. It's not helpful.
1: They treat the pet trannies badly. Yeah they're gonna <laughs> right they're gonna exactly. treat that's what the, they... <laughs> the feral
2: tranny's oh worse yeah. <laughs> not that I, not that i like being anybody's pet okay unless it's like some really cute chick but otherwise no i don't want to be your pet Jeez.
0: <laughs> corinna's perfectly happy being my pet <laughs> trans uh, <Yeah. laughs> say that with more enthusiasm <laughs> corinna
1: <laughs> can i please have a beer nina i finished the other podcast <laughs> <laughs>
0: So uh, I've been thinking a lot about the the principles of gender critical radical feminists. I remember the old uh, Reddit, the old subreddit, are gender critical. There was a little graphic that said, you know, the conservative ideas that uh, males and females have to behave in these rigid stereotypes, and the trans activist idea is if you behave in these stereotypes then you're the opposite sex or you can be the opposite sex and the gender critical idea is anybody can wear and behave whatever they want have any personalities your sex is just your sex and it that's all it is and I mean, that's a very liberal idea but the goalposts are moving and this is what I noticed about trans rights activists. They kept moving goalposts, whereas the mm-hmm. the turban seemed pretty consistent. And now our goalposts are moving too. And I listened to all of the, well, to a certain extent, I, I listened to the critiques and complaints. It is very complicated. I do better understand why women like there are women that hate drag. There are, like I never, not only did I not mind drag when I was younger, I liked drag because drag seemed like it was a send up of gender. It didn't seem like woman face to me, but there are women that hate it and consider it a denigration of women. And I listen to them and I'm like, okay, I I don't feel the same way, but they have a point. And there is a point to be made about transing where it is uh, an appropriation, especially from the women's point of view of men transing, uh, identifying as women, where it it's an appropriation and it feels like you know a, a mockery is being made of your sex class, and so they, you know, even even though simultaneously you should men should be able to wear dresses. And everyone should be able to express themselves however they want. There is also this resentment among some women of men who then go ahead and do that. And
1: so, so you should be able to wear whatever you want to, but you better not.
0: Exactly right. Like yeah. So so there's this. There are these oppositional principles that are starting to oppose each other. Mm-hmm. yeah you, people either get to wear whatever they want or uh or they don't they don't because it's gender treachery and because like basically i i heard a gender abolitionist without saying this outright she was actually making an argument for gender and i realized that gender which by the way i define gender as the... Uh, stereotypes and behaviors that are associated with the sex. Not necessarily performance because performance is all for other people, but just the, the, the mutable aspects of it. Sex itself is immutable, but behavior is mutable. And she was making an argument for gender that there are cues and behaviors that let you know what sex someone is and that when somebody crosses that, particularly when a man crosses that, that while well, she put it, she felt unsafe. It made her feel unsafe.
2: Yeah, I think, um, so I do, I do want to make one point clear that I, I think that anybody women or men should be able to speak their mind And I understand how people are fed up. And there's a lot of emotions running high because of the state of things. I get it. You know, I'm not by any means trying to silence women. But uh, my issue comes, like I said earlier, when you're when you're lying about the things that I'm saying, and who I am. Um, That being said, though, I do think that what you're talking about could come from this, the this whole the autogynophile issue, because we see all these videos of men who you know put on a dress and go into women's spaces and masturbate and talk about how it arouses them to put on a dress. This isn't obviously the case for every transsexual woman, aka biological male, but that is an issue and and we see it more now. Um, people share these videos uh, on Twitter or you know Getter, and so I think from their point of view, and I could be wrong, they're now maybe thinking that when a man puts on a dress, it could be arousing. And so therefore we should not allow that. Um, But it is kind of counter to the whole, you know, abolish gender thing. So it is a little bit odd, but I think that's where it comes from.
0: Where it comes from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's like, we're, we're faced with these contradictions. Even I am. I turn, well, a lot of the way we describe ourselves is, in relation to other people. So as other people change, our self-descriptions change. So four years ago, yes, gender critical. I was absolutely gender critical, radical feminist. And I, I was in opposition to trans rights activists. Now, as some, let's remember that they're the minority, but some more extreme rad fems. Are taking a very illiberal stance to trans people and even me saying trans people. uh, I understand. There's no such thing, Nina. That's fraught. Yes. So I know there's there's no no such thing as trans people. There's no literal transition. You cannot transition from one sex to another, but there is a concept Mm. called transitioning. Even if you can't literally transition, we just in the popular parlance we call this transitioning. or wait, a minute, trans culture, whatever, genderism. Uh, what was I even saying? Dang it! I do think. Uh, oh yeah. right, but so- suddenly I'm like a liberal moderate, oh, yeah. right? Like, like I considered myself a gender abolitionist a couple years ago, and now I'm going like. Maybe I should call myself a gender mm. moderate now. Actually,
2: you're more pro-trans because you have a show with Karina, and also you platform. So you are full-on pro-trans, and you're no longer against like medicalizing uh, kids.
0: Yeah, but but I hate but I hate Karina and you, and want to kill you. I'm secretly <laughs> plotting to kill okay, you. Well, so
1: <laughs> let's let's <laughs> chant together: trans rights are human's rights.
2: Oh God, you can't
1: you can't get me to say <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. I, I I have often thought of transition and detransition in these words and what they mean and i totally get how it could be uh, confusing because yes you don't transition from female to male or male to female or male to non-binary or whatever um so I, I totally get that but i think like when i the way i see transition is it's a word that i use to describe a change did happen um and i guess until somebody comes out with a better way to, to say it to no longer use that word i might I might use a different word, but right now that's the best way to to do it. I have oftentimes, or not oftentimes, but sometimes I have said like, I'm a female that has masculinized my appearance with testosterone, but obviously that's a very long sentence. So I could just say transition (laughs) and you would understand what I'm saying. So I, that's how I see it. Um, But again, you know, I'm open to any feedback. So if anybody wants me to describe it in a different way, come up with something better, I guess.
0: The, there's this problem with the phrase trans-identified because at one point I was like, well, yeah, I'm gonna stop using trans and say trans-identified, but then I'm immediately hit with like Corinna. Mm-hmm. Corinna is not trans-identified.
2: Corinna, what, what is Corinna?
0: Well, I I call Corinna <laughs> feminized eunuch, but that's not very polite.
1: Femina.
0: I mean, the, <laughs> the the feminists have
1: said that not they don't want to use the word cis, so I'm I'm as far as I can tell the handle is not being used. I'm gonna take it.
0: <laughs> i mean like there there are transsexuals mm-hmm. and i'm gonna keep using that phrase transsexual because we know what it means right. right it means somebody who has had surgery and maybe they were trans identified at the time but they may not be trans identified yeah. now but just because their identity isn't the same the surgery still mm-hmm. happened
1: yeah or or at least medicalized
0: yeah 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 So, uh, but anyway, I can't, I can't, I can't say Corinna is trans identified. I don't really know. Even if I would say you're trans identified Mars.
2: Okay. What would you say?
0: I don't know. I mean, the thing is that like,
2: does that make me gender fluid?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're just, you're Mm -hmm. you, right? But you've been through these, you've been through these processes Mm -hmm. And you clearly look different, right? Like Corinna, I mean, both of you would pass yeah. the, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Some of the time, any of the time. I don't know. The passing is that we really need to look directly at passing. And
2: I don't like the term it passing. Means. It always just feels so silly, like I passed the test or something. It's, it's, but I mean, the reality is most people that don't know uh, anything about me, they're not going to stop and analyze me from top to bottom before before they serve me a drink or something, they usually, it's just immediately, you know, you're either a she or a he, and, you know, 98% of the time, they refer to me as a he, and to think that I'm going to correct everybody, and that's not the point, that's not why I transitioned, so I'm not going to say, actually, bartender, um, it's, you know, female here, uh, she, her, uh, and give them my whole life story, you know, I just, yeah, it's, again, you know, some of the, the issues that are going on and what people are saying, and I understand how frustrating it is, um, totally get it. But let's kind of focus on the point and also be realistic. It's very unrealistic that I'm going to correct every person that I see uh, and interact with in, in my public life. It's just not gonna happen. So I just wish people would be just, I can't, like you could be mad, but just be realistic about this. And And the whole trans thing is so out of control That I'm sorry, I have it. It's very unlikely that we're all just going to go stealth, and you'll never hear from us again. It's not going to (laughs) happen.
1: Mars, you've been a YouTuber for two or three years now, so pretty close to the beginning of your transition, probably. And I've noticed that you've gone through a couple of different phases in the types of videos that you make. Some of them were extremely deadpan but hilarious. You, you you did that for about a year. I, I haven't seen my of those recently. I actually have been
2: wanting to do that, especially with everything going on. I'm like, I'm going to have to start making lighthearted, dumb videos where I can laugh at myself again because <laughs> I'm going to go crazy otherwise. So yeah, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a while.
1: But more recently, they, they are more of a, this interview format. So can you talk maybe a little bit about your evolution as a content creator?
2: I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't think my quality of my videos aren't all that. And I'm not, the, the thing about it is like, especially in light of everything, you know, people saying that I want to be kind of like an ally or part of GC so that they could, so that I could get platformed more and become like trans famous, <laughs> which is uh, silly. Cause I don't, I don't want to be known for being trans, but I understand how some people know me as that, right? Like I've always rejected the idea that if I accomplish something, um, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna give me an award as first trans man that does x whatever. And I find that really dumb. I just to me YouTube is just a, a good way to make content that makes you laugh or you want to discuss an issue. And yeah, lately I've been um, I I guess things have been so out of control that I really just wanted to to maybe connect more with the audience and like tell them exactly how I feel and what I think about these issues, then I don't know if that answers your, your question. I I just, I think we're all getting fed up, including me. I'm getting fed up too, right? Like I don't want to debate certain things anymore that don't need to be debated. Like trans women in sports uh, competing against females. That shouldn't be a debate. We're still debating it like four plus years later. So yeah, I guess I'm just trying to every year when I make a, when I, every year when I commit to, I, I'll keep making videos cause I'm not bored. I always try to make videos in a, you know, with better quality, I guess, but also just better content, you know, like at some point this year, I want to do something different on my channel cause it is fun, but it does reach people. So I feel like I, I answered a question, but I did kind of go all, all over the yeah. place.
0: What, what do you do when you're not being trans and making videos?
2: When I'm not being trans and making videos, obviously I go back to YouTube and get indoctrinated so I can remember that I am trans.
0: <laughs> yeah. You got to be trans 24 <laughs> yeah, seven.
2: Absolutely,
0: Don't forget to be trans today.
2: <laughs> I mean, when I'm done here, I'm going to go to, apparently there's a Harry Potter bar. So I'm going to go there, uh, which I probably should do that because even though that bar, J.K. Rowling didn't come up with a bar, but obviously it is in some way associated with J.K. Rowling. So just automatically makes me transphobic by stepping in there. But you know what? It, it just sounds like a good time.
1: I'm worried that an establishment that's a Harry Potter mm-hmm. bar would be indoctrinating children to becoming alcoholics.
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, I hope you guys also go out and just have, obviously, some fun from all this stuff. But, yeah, I'm, I'm no. moving. Oh, yeah.
0: I don't.
1: There's a cute little art store that we like to go
2: to oh, once really? in a while. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm moving on Sunday, so I really cannot emphasize. I like road trips, but this one is going to be so amazing because 17 hours of not being on Twitter and just listening to music and just like that sounds like I need that to happen. Uh, so, you know, I'm looking forward to that. But it's been really frustrating this week because this is my last week in this, in this in Kansas and I've been just wanting to have fun, chill, hang out with friends. And all this drama kind of blew up and I had to address it because of, of the lies. Otherwise I wouldn't address it. Like people can call me an idiot all day, but there's a line that, that you don't cross. And so, yeah, I am looking forward to that, a road trip.
0: Alright. I have a question. You probably answered it, it in your video, okay, but okay. since I haven't seen all your videos mm-hmm. yet and I don't know which video you answered it in, I have to ask, why did you decide to stop taking oh, testosterone? Heavy.
2: Okay, well.
0: Did you do a video about that? I could just watch the video if you said. I, I
2: actually didn't make a video entirely. I did talk about it maybe in a video. And also I did talk about it with the with Aaron Torrell and Aaron Kimberly on their podcast, Transparency. Uh, if you actually want to listen to that, which you should, that they actually do a great job at uh, kind of diving into that a little bit more. Uh, but basically, I stopped because uh, last year was a rough year with uh, a lot of kind of reality checks with, with my health. But basically. I got psoriasis, and it's been like a year and a half, maybe, that I got psoriasis. And initially, I didn't know that it was psoriasis. I thought it was a spider bite. I went to the doctor. They thought it was a spider bite. Finally, somebody said that psoriasis. I didn't really pay too much attention to it because it didn't really bother me at first. It was just like an ugly splotch on my leg. And I was like, I guess I'll stop wearing shorts. (laughs) Um, But eventually, it did start kind of getting irritating. and then it, and then I got it in different areas of my body. So, you know, once it kind of started going to my face, um, I had an issue with that. Um, like my eyebrow, a little bit, but mostly like my scalp. Like once it got there, and it felt like sometimes my scalp was on fire. I was like, "This is this is serious." Um, and I had a fleeting thought that it could be the testosterone because why not? Like that's something that's different about me right now um so i considered it i asked my endocrinologist once and she kind of brushed it off and was like oh yeah hey, um i don't think so is what she said so because she said i don't think so me not wanting to even consider going on testosterone i thought cool i could move on right um then uh talking to a friend of mine who uh, she's not trans although she does have dysphoria she did mention about getting off of birth control and how that kind of brought about uh psoriasis and because of her hormones or something like that. And so that kind of planted a seed and I was like, Hmm, you know, I I wonder if maybe testosterone is affecting me. Right. And then finally I started Googling stuff because I was actually getting fed up with this and I came across a Reddit post where a trans guy talked about having psoriasis and his experience was basically mine. He used to take weekly shots. He switched to every other week. It went from leg injections to butt injections. And I guess maybe because the hormones fluctuated too quickly or whatever the case, that got that gave him psoriasis. So he got psoriasis and his psoriasis, literally the same as mine, you know, on the leg, uh, on his earlobe, just in the most random places. So when I saw that, I was like, all right, so there's no denying this is an issue. So there was that. And then the other thing that kind of really concerned me was when I got COVID, I was worried because... Aside from the fact that I I'm, I haven't looked at after my health too much, I'm overweight, but also my red blood cell count it increased with testosterone. So when I got COVID um, before going off testosterone, right? COVID I got COVID like March of last year, I got a pretty bad case of it, and I know it's because I haven't been looking after myself, but also then I I got worried because taking testosterone my red blood blood cell count, and I knew that like COVID. You know, would this even be a concern? Is what I thought, right? So I'm in the hospital. I'm like, would, would I even be, would I even be worried about this right now, if I didn't know for a fact that I have a high blood cell count, right, and that I, I'm supposed to be donating blood, like, pretty, you know, throughout the year, and and I slacked off on that a lot. So that was a worry. Wait,
1: you have to donate blood. What's that about?
2: because of, so this is what they recommend to us, to some trans men that have a uh, high blood cell count is to donate blood to kind of like lower it and maybe balance it out. So that was something that I should be doing like two or three times oh, a year. Interesting. And I wasn't doing it two or three times a year, you know, um, because a lot is downplayed uh, with trans people. And so like, that's one of them. And I was like, no, I feel fine. I'll just do it, you know, maybe once a year or whatever. So, so that happened. So that was the first kind of like I guess you could say uh, wake up call in terms of my health, like my red blood cell count. There's COVID; it causes blood clots. Like, dude, I'm doing this to myself, is what I thought. Then, like five months later, the psoriasis got out of control, and I was like, and I told my uh, I told my endocrinologist, I was like, you know, I'm I'm gonna go off of testosterone. And just I'm curious to see if it helps with my psoriasis. So I told her that she was like on board. I guess. <laughs> even though while I was there, I I walked into the office, that was my testosterone uh, shot day, right? So she was going to inject me. So I tell her this, I was like, I'm going to take a break. And, and she's like, okay, uh, maybe a a few weeks to which I thought that's insane. Like, why would I take a break for a few weeks? When the when you transition, you medically transition, it takes several months for things to change. So obviously, it's going to be more than several weeks. But here she was telling me it's several weeks. And in fact, Um, she also said, well, do you want to take this, this last, (laughs) this last, this awesome shot? I'm like, I'm in my head. I'm thinking, (laughs) and I told her, I was like, yeah, sure. You know, because at that point I just don't even, I don't even freaking care, but I'm just like thinking about it. Right. It's like, what the hell dude, I'm telling you right now that I have an issue, right. That this could actually be causing my psoriasis. And not only are you telling me that it should be figured out in a few weeks, but you want me to just jump into the last shot, like a, like a last hurrah moment like and there goes to show you like they they just don't take it serious right so I did that and she was she was
1: affirming you she
2: was affirming me right even though I yeah <laughs> it, it, it's insane I could, I could be like actually this testosterone I think I think it's it's killing me and she would still probably be like but do you want the last one <laughs> like, Yeah. so uh, but anyway so I took so I got off the testosterone which really sucked because I knew that that would things would change I would feel a little bit more dysphoric and within a couple of weeks, my legs started getting better to, you know, which is a good thing. I have a solution for this. That was driving me insane. That's great. But now I have to deal with dysphoria as though I never transitioned. Like it, it, it is kind of frustrating. So yeah.
0: All right. So, so why it is just going off. I mean, the changes Yeah. you've been through, they're permanent, right? Like uh, your voice is, Different. I assume you have facial hair. Uh, that's not going to go away with you not being on testosterone. So, what is it? Is it like? Is it like a kind of energy or or high or something that testosterone gives you directly that um, makes the dysphoria will, come back? Or is it that you feel yourself getting like your? You feel it's your. A, muscles it's It's a lot of things
2: combined altogether going down. But you're absolutely right. Uh, I think ultimately. The fact that my voice changed and I do still have facial hair. I mean, that, that does help a little bit, but it just, yeah. I mean, yeah. The lack of losing muscle and things, you know, my body becoming softer and things like that. It's just, it's kind of icky to me, uh, but it is what it is. I kind of lost what, so what was your question? Sorry.
0: Oh, I was just wondering why going off testosterone would make you feel dysphoric, but this is really interesting to me because I have this ongoing thing and I really want to get an endo, a good endocrinologist, um, uh, to interview. Um,
2: I actually remember what what you just said. Sorry. Uh, kind of going back to your point, uh, the, you you were talking about testosterone is kind of like a high, so I won't, uh, dismiss that, uh, testosterone will lift you up because you have more energy. Right. And then going off of that, like my energy levels, I felt depleted like it just didn't want to get out of bed i thought like am i depressed and then i had to keep reminding myself no it's just with a lack of testosterone um i was really low moods a lot right i'm more stable now it's not as bad um but that did suck but it it wasn't that even even though i would prefer obviously to be up here than down here um but that isn't it it's just the little changes that happen even though they seem very subtle and not that big of a deal to to you or other people are a really huge uh for me you know your your body fat the the fat distribution is a big one for me so now now my my hips stand out mm-hmm. you know way way more um so that's the kind of stuff that even though um even though yes my voice is still deep and i i i you know i pass whatever as a trans guy uh to people it when for me personally Uh, these things that I, that were alleviated through transition are now, they now came back in full force. Um, So that's been hard. I'm not saying it's impossible to deal with it at all. Um, But what I'm saying is that it does cause dysphoria for me. And I'm trying to figure out how to deal with it because there's a part of me that doesn't want to go back on testosterone, but the other part does want to go back on it because I know it helped with it. But then also I know that it could, if I entertain going back on it, I understand how that is insane and it could bring about other health issues. So it's kind of like, I just, I hit a wall and I'm trying to figure it out, figure It out, figure it out. Figure it out, Jesus Christ, sorry. Mm-hmm.
1: Have you thought about Jesus?
2: You know, I have actually, I have thought about Jesus. And oftentimes, because obviously I'm so ideological and trans, I often think, what does he identify as? You know? <laughs>
1: Non-binary. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: non-binary, your
0: savior. He identifies as your savior.
2: I mean, he does have long hair, which I'm told either makes you a woman or non-binary, right? So <laughs> I don't know.
1: I hear if, if Christianity mm. won't save you, maybe if you if you take radical feminism, that will make you feel better.
2: Yeah, you know, I can I just hallelujah. Say one, of, one of the other frustrating things about the ongoing just dra- drama and nonsense is that. I have been able to grow as a person and understand a lot of these issues because I interacted with gender critical people and rad fans and in fact i I changed my opinion or not changed my opinion but i but I came to understand more about feminist through the trans discourse and now to to be in this position to where you're trying to take me down, I'm just like, what are you talking about yeah it, are you guys did you lose your mind because you know what? What kind of example are you setting, right? If you're saying that I am, it, if you're saying that I'm a woman, right? Which I do recognize that I am a woman. I understand that. I understand that I'm a female. I get it. But if I wanted to move into your feminist movement, well, why would I? The way that you've, you're treating not just people like me who identify as trans, but also detransitioners, all of which we're women, and you're treating us like we don't belong. Uh, on your team because we're doing something that you don't agree with. It's terrible. It's a terrible take.
1: Uh, It's not exactly personal though, Mars. They, for, for certain sorts of people, not everybody, but some people really need to have a villain in order for them to rally around.
0: Damn it. Are villains supposed to be men? Another thing when I got into, uh, the gender critical rad film world was they all said that trans men are our sisters.
2: Yeah. I used to get that all the time. And <laughs> look, I'm not, I, I've never been fond of being told that over and over again. Um, <laughs> however, I've never, I've never cussed anybody out that, that did that. You know, I understand, you know, I've had people that follow my channel, like, uh, I hope you don't get offended if I refer to you as a sister or like I consider you like a lesbian. I'm like, doesn't, I'm not going to lose sleep over this. It's fine. And do I refer to myself constantly like this? No, not at all, but I get it. And yes, that's, that's really, it's a good point. You know, I went from being your sister a year ago to now <laughs> being your enemy, right? Like the, the one YouTuber said she, she wants to treat me like she would treat a man. Okay.
0: No, the whole point, the yeah. whole point of being a gender critical rad femme is that we don't want to treat you like you're a man
2: yeah that's that's what I thought but now you're treating me uh like I'm like a garbage man so that's kind of like so you're kind of validating me I guess but not really (laughs) I know it's it's but still that was
0: that was the party line when I joined the party that was the party line and and the party line's changing and it's like oh no (laughs) I can't keep up
2: pretty pretty insane I mean I suppose it it's going to keep swinging back and forth
0: um, until
2: this all blows over. So,
0: but but also we do have to remember that uh, in any in any political movement, narcissists will be loud. They they want attention. They'll get the most attention. Yeah. So we are we are looking. You know, we're sort of using general terms like gender critical as a whole, but. I hope that this is still a minority, although they're getting so much attention Mm -hmm. and people behave in such mobs and they, they cluster around cluster bees. Yeah. Well, Uh, they,
2: they, they, they like, like I was saying, people are fed up. And so, you know, it's kind of like when Posey Parker came out and put up that sign saying woman, adult, human, female, right. People are like, yes, finally, somebody, somebody that has the courage to say, say that. And so now what we're seeing is kind of the same thing, right? We want more Posey Parkers, but the problem with that is that we're we're we are we do not just want like, you know, to say a a man can't become a woman, a woman can't become a man. Uh, we want to go as far as extreme as possible, um, because it really does feed people's ego. And also we're fed up. And if we could just push them back the way they pushed us, that would really make us feel better about this, and we could get there so much faster. But The reality is, I think most people, most reasonable people, people, when they see this sort of behavior, they're not going to be on board with this. This is not okay. Like, the answer shouldn't be to bully us so that I, you know, jump off a cliff and kill myself. That ain't it.
0: And that's the other thing is, like, people are crazy. Like, there is no community or side that we can run to where people will not Mm. behave like this, especially as groups get bigger. I'm a misanthrope. I'm an equal opportunity misanthrope. And when it's not happening to me personally, <laughs> I just go like, oh, these humans yeah. acting like humans. Fortunately, I get to just die and not worry about it anymore when that happens.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that.
0: All right, well, you have a,
1: a Patreon. It's Upperhand Mars.
2: I do, which you've been supporting for a while now, by the way. Thank you. Like, I I, I honestly, I think it's awesome that anybody would support my tiny little channel. But I appreciate it. It does help. Uh, it goes towards, like, my uh, creating content and whatnot. But, yeah, I do have a Patreon at uh, Upper Hand Mars, as well as same thing as the YouTube, basically.
1: And people should go and check out your content. Mm-hmm.
2: It is. You should. And if you have any questions... Dear God, please look at my videos before you ask me (laughs) that. It's been so frustrating. I've gotten so many questions from a certain uh, person's audience where they're asking these questions that I'm like, I just look at my stuff. I have never said that you have to call me he, him. Obviously, I prefer that, but also I just I choose my battles wisely and this is not a hill I want to die on. Okay, (laughs) like it's fine. Um, so yeah, just don't ask me silly questions that you could probably figure out within like a couple of videos.
0: Well, except, you know, oh, all right. So I'm not going to do that because uh, watching videos is hard for me, actually. I, I am an animator. Mm-hmm. I make films and watching them is ah. like every time someone's like, oh, watch this. I'm just like, but if I watch that, I can't have my eyes on the work that I'm doing. I if guess you could listen to it. Yeah, I guess I could listen to it. Maybe I should do that. I thought you
2: were like a true trans ally. Like what is this? You're refusing to watch my content?
0: Yeah, I'm <laughs> shitty. Uh Trust me, I watched everybody c-
2: should watch my videos cuz by the time you're done, <laughs> you will identify as something other than cis.
0: I don't identify as cis. <laughs> it's
1: it's it's no, it's already but, happened. It's already happened. I I sent Nina one video <laughs> and now she no longer identifies as cis. <laughs>
0: Yeah, see, that's I called... never did identify as cis. Cis is the stupidest
2: term they've come up with. I mean, it just was... listen to that. Sis, you're halfway to sissy. Like, come on, why would you do that to people? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's nasty. All right, well,
1: I appreciate you coming and talking with us tonight. Thanks for having me on.
2: I appreciate it. You guys are, uh... yeah, it was good to chat. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you gave me a chance to say certain things. So, I appreciate it.
0: Oh, thank you so much for being here. You're awesome.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You guys take it easy.
1: Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Heterodorks. You can support our podcast by visiting anchor.fm heterodorks or by directly supporting Nina Paley on Patreon at patreon.com slash Nina Paley.